Did you read the actual FISA applications? No, I didn't. Oh. Well, that's comforting, isn't it? Devin Nunes. Of the Nunes memo fame. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, up in Santa Barbara on 98.7 FM in San Diego on 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California on 99.5 FM, up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast, Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. On WLRI in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, on New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, and now as of today, heard on Round Mountain, California's 88.5 KKRN, along with AM 950 KTNF, streaming, uh, well, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and streaming coast to coast and around the globe on all sorts of internet outlets Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. You can run, but you can't hide from the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today as we try once again to make sense of it all, make sense of whatever the hell is going on. Today, uh, Donald Trump sure loves to crow about how well the stock market has been doing under his reign, but I doubt, I doubt very much that he'll be doing much crowing tonight as the Dow has plummeted almost 12 100 points. That's about 4.6%, the largest single-day point decline ever in the Dow Jones Industrial uh, Market Index. At uh, at one point, it had dropped nearly 1,600 points. But of course, while it was the largest sell-off in points, uh, Desi Doyen, as you noted earlier today, it's not the largest percentage-wise. No. So, you know, when the Dow is down at, oh, I don't know, 1,000, yeah, dropping 1,000 right. makes a big difference. Well, sure. But the Dow is now at 26 or so, 26,000 Not anymore. So. It's like 2,500 after so, this drop, so, 24 you know, in, or something like that. In yeah. percentage terms, it's still 4%. That is still not peanuts, but, you know, it also isn't a reflection of the actual economy. The Dow is not the economy. It's, uh, yeah, it, when it's around 8,000, then, yeah, 1,200 means a whole lot. Uh, but that is uh, much worse when uh, it's much worse than it is when it's up around 24, 25,000 uh, in what had been a huge run up all the way going back to 2010 under Barack Obama when the uh, market tripled in value under him. 
to the uh, continuing rise it has seen since Trump took office until today's uh, crash. We'll see how long this lasts. Uh, But it is the worst day in the market since 2011. The White House says, uh, don't worry, the long-term economic fundamentals, quote, remain exceptionally strong. So I know everyone feels better about that. Uh, I would love to hear from all of you today in the wake of this Devin Nunes memo that Donald Trump continues to trumpet even today, despite it seeming to land with a huge thud when it was released last week on Friday, charging essentially that the entire special counsel probe of Team Trump is somehow invalid. Because, as the memo deceptively claims, one of the secret FISA wiretap warrants sought by the Department of Justice and the FBI in late 2016 of a former Trump campaign volunteer by the name of Carter Page, who had years-long ties to Russian intelligence operatives, that somehow uh, that warrant the entire probe is somehow invalid because it referenced the so-called Trump-Russia dossier, the opposition uh, research project of first Republicans and then the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. I had quite a few thoughts about it all on our Friday show as the uh, memo was uh, just being released, along with an important segment on Friday about how Trump's thuggish immigration forces are terrorizing all sorts of immigrants right now, legal uh, undocumented and other in uh, in various ways. You can listen to that full show at bradblog.com. You can download it for free there or at your favorite download site, including iTunes or even uh, kpfk.org, which is where we are today. But I, I didn't get to open the phone lines on Friday about all of that, and today I would like to. 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818 985 KPFK, if you'd like to ring in with your thoughts on the GOP memo, Trump's comments about it over the weekend, uh, the Democrats' attempt to rebut it, even as Republicans on the U.S. House Intelligence Committee voted against allowing the Democratic rebuttal memo to be released at the same time that they voted to go ahead and release that cherry-picked GOP version. Uh, I'll have a few more thoughts on that uh, that I want to share as well today uh, following the weekend. But first, some very important and very good breaking news today. Uh, Desi Doyen, I didn't I said hello, but I didn't say you are our producer. (laughs) Hello, Des. Uh, Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? I did. I enjoyed the fact that the that the Eagles won, especially um, after last year, it being a sort of a political yeah, was, referendum on you know the partisanship in the United is. States. I know it still it is, still but. is. The owner is uh, Donald is a billionaire buddy of Donald Trump's, and uh, so uh, among other reasons to root against the Pats, uh, there were certainly reasons to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. It was certainly good news for Philadelphia as they defeated. The Patriots in uh, it was great. It was a great Super Bowl. I don't have to tell you yeah, that. It was really, really interesting. And, and you're exciting. not even a football fan. <laughs> I'm not. So but, but I was, really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was really fun. But believe it or not, we've actually got even better news for the people of Pennsylvania today. Yes, we really do. 
Or as uh, Loyola Law School election law expert and former DOJ voting rights attorney uh, and and previous uh, broadcast guest Justin Levitt tweeted today, he said, I know that Philly's focus may be elsewhere this morning, but long term, Monday's win is an even bigger deal than Sunday's win. What is Monday's win for Pennsylvania? Well, it, uh, it's really a win for all of us, and uh, it comes from a, a somewhat surprising place, in fact. The Supreme Court on Monday denied a request from Pennsylvania Republicans to delay redrawing congressional lines in the state, meaning that the 2018 elections there will probably be held in districts that are far more favorable to Democrats, and frankly, far more favorable to voters of any party or no party at all. Justice Sam Alito, believe it or not, who hears emergency requests from the state, turned down the petition from the state Republicans uh, without obvious objection from his colleagues in denying this request from the Pennsylvania Republicans, it appears that uh, Alito may not have even bothered to petition his colleagues, which would normally be done in a case where a justice believes that a majority of them may wish to delay some action to review uh, the case in some fashion. Here's what happened. We've been talking about this over the past week or two, but the Pennsylvania Supreme Court last month ruled that the state's Republican legislators, uh, legislative leaders, had violated the state constitution by unfairly favoring the GOP in drawing their U.S. House district maps across the entire Commonwealth. Although there are uh, far more registered Democrats than Republicans in the state, Republicans still managed to hold 13 of 18 congressional seats. That's 13 Republican seats uh, in the U.S. House compared to just five for Democrats. Thanks to the way the GOP-controlled legislature after the 2010 census redrew the House maps in a state that has consistently gone uh, statewide to Democrats in presidential races going back decades, though Donald Trump was able to narrowly, uh, supposedly, defeat Hillary Clinton there in 2016. We don't know that for certain because they use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens across much of the state. And the state fought to prevent any substantive review, hand count of whatever paper ballots are there, of examination of those uh, 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen machines after the 2016 presidential election. So we don't know. But let's presume that, yes, Donald Trump won by a very tight margin in the state of Pennsylvania. Other than that. It's generally a Democratic state. It's got uh, all three of its uh, statewide officers are now Democrats that won in this last in 2016. Um, And uh, so this this ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court uh, is a huge victory. In fact, the Washington Post says it's the most significant victory by critics of the way most congressional and legislative districts are drawn and a sign that their efforts will be felt as early as this fall's midterm election. That, unless Pennsylvania Republicans can still come up with a way to delay the state Supreme Court order to immediately redraw the U.S. House maps in Pennsylvania in time for the congressional primaries there, which begin in May. So they had gone to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, no, we ain't going to do it. We're not going to delay this 
We're not going to stop this uh, state Supreme Court ruling. You guys need to redraw those maps. Federal courts in uh, in Texas, North Carolina, Wisconsin have found that either politics or intentional discrimination played an unacceptable role in drawing electoral lines in state district maps and U.S. House district maps in those states. And uh, those federal courts ordered new districts to be in place for the 2018 election. But the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court in that case, stopped those decisions. Those decisions were federal court rulings. The decision to redraw the uh, it hasn't stopped them forever. They just stalled it. They've delayed it. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has. But the decision to redraw the Pennsylvania maps that was made by the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, uh, whose decisions the U.S. Supreme Court usually stays away from. And they did so again today in this uh, announcement from Alito. So what does this suggest as I see it in any event from Sam Alito? Well, for one thing, the court has already heard similar cases, uh, similar case regarding Wisconsin's uh, state legislative districts, which a lower federal court found were wildly and unconstitutionally gerrymandered by Republicans for partisan reasons. Uh, They heard that case a few months ago, and uh, they are, I guess, writing their opinion. That has held up the order there in Wisconsin to redraw those districts this year, as they're expected to have their uh, final opinion uh, from the Supreme Court in June. But this could mean that Alito, that he knows which way the court is going to decide there. And that it's going to find that party partisan gerrymandering uh, in Wisconsin and elsewhere is unconstitutional. That's what was determined by the federal courts in uh, in Wisconsin and in the uh, in the state court in Pennsylvania and in other states by the federal courts in North Carolina, uh, which also had a federal court recently order them to redraw the entire state's U.S. House maps. But in North Carolina, that's on hold because that was a federal decision. So, uh, you know, maybe Alito knows that the uh, the 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 justices are going to come out with their opinion in June, finding that, yeah, you can't do this. So he didn't feel like uh, they needed to get in the way of whatever happened in Pennsylvania. Or he knows that uh, staying the Pennsylvania court's decision would only forestall what's going to happen anyway. In those other states, that's going to be found allowable um, by the by the uh, Supreme Court, or I should say, what won't be found allowable—that it will be found unconstitutional to gerrymander uh, partisan gerrymander states the way they have in Wisconsin, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whether those states will come in in time for the primaries. That's another question because the Supreme Court is holding that up, but not so here in this Pennsylvania case. So this is big. Uh, this could result in and of itself in uh, three or four or five seats, seats in the state of Pennsylvania. The other thing that Alito may know, um, he may know that the U.S. Supreme Court will block those federal rulings on gerrymandering perhaps on the basis that uh, it's not up to the federal courts to do so, that the federal courts should not meddle in state elections under the U.S. Constitution, but that it's okay for the state courts to do so, as happened in Pennsylvania here, where the state state court is the one who said redraw these maps. 
and that only states can make such a determination that uh, districts are illegally gerrymandered under state laws and uh, state constitutions. Either way, so we don't know. We can't read too much into it. But either way, for sure, I think what we do know is that today's decision by the court to not block or delay the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, order regarding U.S. House elections, that that is uh, very good news for voters in Pennsylvania and potentially for the rest of the country today, because it means that voters in Pennsylvania will be able to have their voices more accurately reflected in the U.S. House. And B, that lawsuits in other states brought uh, under state law, state constitutions, may have similar success in the days ahead that will not be blocked by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, The Pennsylvania Supreme Court last month ruled that the congressional map uh, drawn by those Republicans, quote, clearly, plainly and palpably violates the Commonwealth's Constitution. And they demanded that quick redrawing of the lines. Uh, But Republican legislative leaders had tried to stop that with this move at the U.S. Supreme Court. That's not the only place. Uh, they tried to stop this, but they uh, they tried to stop this at the Supreme Court, and a bunch of other states have joined them in this. Uh, a brief, an amicus brief filed by Republican officials in Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, and South Carolina uh, to go along with the Wisconsin decision that we are awaiting. Uh, they said, put simply, there is no need to hurry. They noted that the 2020 census is going to require new lines to be drawn nationwide anyway. So, hey, there is no rush. Supreme Court, don't worry. Don't get yourself in a panic about this. Take your time. Add all of these other decisions, finding the same thing, finding that Republicans have violated the Constitution all over the country with their redistricting. Uh you know, don't worry about it. Take your time, because in 2020, there's going to be a new census and we'll, we're going to draw new lines then anyway. So let us enjoy these stolen seats again for the next two years in the 2018 election. And then again, let us enjoy them for two more years in the 2020 election, after which, oh, yeah, we'll finally get around to drawing new maps uh, after there's another census in 2020. And at that time allow these same Republicans in this, uh, these same stolen districts, the same partisan majorities in those states, they'll decide whether the maps were uh, good or bad or need to be changed in 2020. Yeah, that is actually the, the argument that the Republicans are making. Now, today's ruling uh, <laughs> regarding the Pennsylvania maps, uh, at least, further muddies the case that we also discussed last week regarding the Republican president of the state Senate in Pennsylvania, who is refusing the state Supreme Court's order to turn over documents having to do with districting. Basically, the court said, hey, if you guys in the uh, in the state capitol and the, in the legislature can't redraw these maps, then we will do it here at the court. And to do that, we need documents on where uh, these jurisdictions, these states, uh, I'm sorry, these, these counties, these district maps, where they now end and begin. And the Pennsylvania, the president of the Pennsylvania State Senate, guy by the name of Joe Scarnati, said he would not turn over that data requested by the state Supreme Court. He won't do it. He's just not doing it. He doesn't think it's their job to tell him what to do. 
So he's going to defy the orders. He's refusing the court orders from the state Supreme Court, which seems to be getting more and more fashionable these days. Uh, this idea of just ignoring what the courts say. At least it's getting more fashionable by Republicans. We noted last week, for example, you could see the uh, Alabama Supreme Court Justice Roy Moore being booted off of the bench for failing to follow federal court orders. There was the uh, former uh, Arizona Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio uh, being found guilty of doing the same, contempt of court, failing to follow court orders. He only avoided jail time because he was pardoned by Donald Trump. And uh, and because of that, by the way, he's now running for the U.S. Senate as a Republican. Way to go, Joe. But over the weekend, we learned something else about this guy, Scarnati, in Pennsylvania, who is refusing to follow the state Supreme Court order. The Republican scofflaw president pro tem of the uh, of, of the state Senate in Pennsylvania. Here's what we learned as uh, Pima Levy broke uh, last week. The Pennsylvania state Supreme Court invalidated the state GOP's uh, GOP friendly congressional map. Top Republicans in the state legislator, legislature asked the state Supreme Court that as well as the U.S. Supreme Court to throw out the decision. The reason they gave to the state Supreme Court why the decision should be thrown out? Well, they said one of the Democratic justices on the state Supreme Court should have recused himself from the case because he made comments back in 2015 opposing gerrymandering. He made those comments in 2015 while he was running in an election for the state Supreme Court, because, yes, in Pennsylvania, Supreme Court justices must run for elections. Now, that is, as I've argued, absurd, frankly, in my opinion, to turn important judgeships like that into partisan election contests. But that's what they do in Pennsylvania. And this, of course, is one reason why it is absurd. The Republicans are, are claiming that because this guy offered an opinion about gerrymandering, that he should now not be allowed to rule on any cases regarding gerrymandering. Well, why are you having elections for justices in the first place if they're not able to let people know how they feel about things? Well, one can only wonder if they had had the, the same objections uh, if they would have had the same objections, had the justice in this in this case uh, given a favorable opinion about this type of redistricting. In any event, uh, usually a call to recuse a justice from a decision like this would come before the justices made their ruling. Now the Republicans have made this call afterwards. But the problem is even worse than that for Republicans and, yes, for the Pennsylvania Senate president pro tempore Joseph Scarnati. It turns out that Scarnati himself, the one who is refusing the court orders by the state Supreme Court, the one who is uh, claiming that a justice should step down because one of the justices who made a decision had a previous opinion about gerrymandering. Yeah, gerrymandering. Yes, that Joseph Scarnati. He did not disclose a far more serious conflict of interest, his own conflict of interest. Apparently, Scarnati donated $25,000 to a different state Supreme Court justice, Republican Sally Mundy, 
in uh, in April of 2017. This was just last year. Twenty five thousand dollars was given to this Republican Supreme Court justice. The donation came through his political action committee. State Supreme Court justices in Pennsylvania are elected uh, in these partisan campaigns. And last year, Monday, received donations from Scarnati for $25,000, as well as two Republican members of the U.S. Congress from Pennsylvania. The, one who's, uh, the ones whose districts are now in question because of the ruling by the state Supreme Court. Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick donated $1,000 to Monday's campaign on Ju- in July of 2017 after the gerrymandering case was first filed in the state court. So they knew this was coming. Fitzpatrick knew this was coming. And he threw a few dollars to the, uh, to the state Supreme Court justice who was going to be ruling on this matter. And then in November of 2017, after voting rights groups had asked the state Supreme Court to take this case... Congressman Charlie Dent donated $1,000 to this same judge. So both Fitzpatrick's and Dent's congressional districts were at stake at the time, and they threw some money to the judge. And by the way, it's perfectly legal. But oddly enough, Republicans haven't brought this up as they're contesting this case. The day after Dent's donation, Monday filed a uh, a letter disclosing that a law firm involved in the case had donated to her campaign, but she never disclosed the donations from Scarnati for $25,000 or Fitzpatrick or Dent. Just want to note for the for the record that the twenty five thousand that Scarnati, mm-hmm. the state senate leader, donated to that justice's campaign. That twenty five thousand is about what a minimum wage worker in Pennsylvania <laughs> yes. makes in an entire year. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And the fact that no matter how much money it is, the fact that a you're able to give it to him is ridiculous. B that these justices in in uh, uh, Pennsylvania are running for election that's ridiculous. And yes, that she. F- failed to uh, failed to reveal it that the justice Sally Mundy failed to uh, let anybody know about it before deciding on this case. Mundy not only before deciding on this case, but by the way, before she won re-election for a ten-year term less than a week later after that last donation was given to her last year. After all of these donations and her failure to disclose them before ruling in this Pennsylvania case where she voted against striking down Pennsylvania's partisan gerrymandered U.S. House maps, of course. Her uh, her ex-husband, who is also her uh, campaign treasurer, Jim Mundy, told Mother Jones uh, today that, uh, it, it quote, it's a mistake. We She's disclosing it as we speak. Now she's disclosing it. Because she was called out by the press, by the media. Thank you, Pima Levy, over at Mother Jones. Uh, just amazing to me, this entire story. But it has a good ending, it, for now, anyway. We'll see how they try to uh, undermine it between now and then. It should be noted here that uh, P- the Pennsylvania Republicans got less than 50 percent of the congressional votes, yet they hold 72 percent of the uh, congressional seats in Pennsylvania, thanks to all of this. Thanks to all of this, however, which is hopefully about to change. We'll find out. All right, uh, I need to take a quick break here. We will come back, talk about uh, talk about the memo 
And we're just getting news here that, uh, let's see, the House Intelligence Committee has voted unanimously to send the Democratic memo that rebuts the Republican allegations. Uh, they have voted, in fact, to uh, to make that public. It'll now go to Trump. Trump has five days to decide if he wants to make it uh, public or if he wants to redact anything in there. For whatever reason, the president may decide he wants to do that. One Republican over the weekend uh, said that the memo that uh, Nunes released is, quote, evidence of treason. Yes, Congressman Paul Gosar of uh, Arizona said that uh, the this memo, this cherry picked memo, quote, is not just evidence of incompetence, but clear and convincing evidence of treason. Well, we've got a lot of Trump uh, Trumpy listeners, MAGA folks who listen to the uh, broadcast. If you'd like to call in and tell us why. It is evidence of treason. I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-5735 is the phone number. Uh, I talked about my concerns on Friday about this memo, specifically that, you know, just a few weeks ago, the Republicans, like Devin Nunes in the the U.S. House and Senate, voted uh, to expand and extend the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that was used to get this uh, this warrant to spy on a uh, former Donald Trump campaign volunteer. They expanded it just weeks ago. Donald Trump signed it just weeks ago. And now they're concerned about abuse of FISA when they voted against putting any restrictions on that law. We'll talk about that. We'll take your calls. We'll see where the hell this thing goes after this. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Welcome back to your broadcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, uh, push back against uh, my questions, thoughts, and concerns about the uh, Devin Nunes, the Republican uh, GOP memo that was released on Friday, pretending, claiming that it shows that the... um, uh, that the uh, Robert Mueller investigation is just 
completely partisan, must be thrown out immediately for some reason that is not made clear by any stretch of the imagination in the memo. Uh, Breaking news, as I said, as we uh, went to the break there, the House Intelligence uh, Committee has now voted to release the classified Democratic rebuttal to Devin Nunes' memo. Uh, The president has five days to... Well, it's longer than the original one. It's 10 pages. So who knows if he'll be able to get through that. He seems to have had trouble getting through the three and a half pages of the Republican memo. Uh, But he has five days to decide whether that rebuttal memo will, in fact, be released. Um, So I'd love to hear your thoughts about all of this. Uh, Is this... (laughs) Evidence that the, uh, the, the, the this uh, investigation of Donald Trump should be shut down, as Donald Trump seems to say, as Devin Nunes, his tool, who is the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, seems to be suggesting. Or is this much ado about nothing? Uh, or is this uh, a do about something, namely the ability to spy on Americans using secret FISA warrants? Without an adversarial process in the uh, FISA court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, uh, no no real adversarial uh, uh, case is made against the government to point out the things that Devin Nunes now seems to pretend to be concerned about, even though he just voted to expand the law. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Greg Sargent over at Washington Post today writes that it is still very possible that Donald Trump could use the Nunes memo as a pretext to try to quash or constrain special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. But the performance of congressional Republicans on the Sunday shows over the weekend and a weekend's worth of legal uh, analysis taking apart the Nunes effort Together suggest another possibility. The Nunes memo affair may be shaping up as a much bigger fiasco than we even know. So bad, in fact, that it could ultimately undermine Donald Trump's position even more dramatically than we could have expected, says uh, Sergeant. Democrats on the House Intel Committee are pushing for a vote to release Adam Schiff's rebuttal. Well, they have now got that vote and uh, that 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 vote has uh, affirmatively said it's time to release that memo. Donald Trump now gets to decide. But that rebuttal, if it is released, if it is not redacted, may actually give us new information about how this Russia probe started in the first place and only underscore the legitimacy of this investigation. A key conclusion about the Nunes memo reached by legal a- uh, analysts over the last couple of days is that the memo itself, as released by Adam uh, by uh, Devin Nunes, actually confirms that the FBI's investigation was, in fact, uh, launched legitimately back in July 2016, well in advance of the awarding in October 2016 of the warrant to conduct surveillance on the former Trump advisor Carter Page. That was due to his suspected links to uh, to to Russia that go way back to 2013, but well in advance of uh, moving to get that warrant back in uh, July of 2016. Uh, another uh, Trump campaign advisor, George Papadopoulos, uh, it was comments from him talking about uh, 
the Russians having dirt on Hillary Clinton that actually triggered the FBI inquiry in the first place. What's more, the Nunes memo notes that uh, surveillance warrants were subsequently granted numerous times. In other words, they were renewed against Carter Page three different times. Paul Reisen, uh, uh, Rosenzweig, uh, a former Whitewater investigator, not a Watergate investigator, but a Clinton Whitewater investigator, pointed out that those three renewals of that warrant to spy on Carter Page could only have been granted if new evidence had demonstrated that there were grounds to continue to be suspicious of Page, meaning uh, independent reviews by separate judges actually validated the FBI's investigation and their initial warrant against uh, Carter Page. So that's above and beyond whatever role this so-called Russia dossier may have played in the government's secret request for this FISA warrant in the secret foreign intelligence surveillance court. And yet you had uh, you got Donald Trump still on the defensive going out there uh, today attacking Adam Schiff, who is, uh, by the way, he's my uh, he's my congressman, Adam Schiff. And I I got a lot of problems with him here and there. But, uh, you know, he's my congressman and he's being attacked by the president of the United States in a tweet today where Trump said little Adam Schiff, who is desperate to run for higher office, is one of the biggest liars and leakers in Washington. Well, the contest for the biggest liar in Washington is uh, no easy contest, but I got to say, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump has won that one hands down. Just me. As far as leakers go, uh, Trump went on to say in his tweet, Adam leaves closed committee hearings to illegally leak confidential information must be stopped. Now, I'm unaware of him uh, illegal, e illegally leaking any kind of confidential information. Maybe you know of some. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. But on the Sunday shows, uh, multiple Republicans, Republicans on that House Intelligence Committee firmly stated that Nunes's memo should not be used to cast out on the integrity of the Mueller probe. The main takeaway from the Sunday shows was that the degree to which prominent Republicans, including four members of the House Intel Committee, dismissed the idea that the memo exonerated Trump or undermined special counsel Robert Mueller's work. That, according to Washington Post, John Holman, he notes uh, Congressman Will Hurd, Republican from Texas, a former CIA officer who sits on the Intel Committee and now represents a district that Hillary Clinton won handily. He was asked on ABC's This Week whether he thinks the memo totally vindicates Trump as the president laughably tweeted over the weekend. He said, I don't. I don't agree with some of my colleagues, always using the word explosive to describe the document. He said, I want to stress Bob Mueller should be allowed to turn over every rock, pursue every lead, so that we can have trust in knowing what actually the Russians did or did not do. Congressman uh, Chris Stewart Republican of Utah said that the two matters, uh, whether Mueller should continue and the information in this uh, memo, are very separate issues. 
He says Mueller should be allowed to finish his work. He says this memo, frankly, has nothing to do at all with the special counsel. He said that on Fox News Sunday. Asked if he agrees that uh, Trump has been vindicated by these by this memo. Congressman Brad Wenstrup of Ohio, Republican of Ohio, said on CNN, I think this is a separate issue. He said, in my opinion, what we're dealing with is a situation within our FISA court and how we process within our government agencies. And I don't think it really has anything to do with that. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Congressman Wenstrup, or if I may call you Brad, Brad, uh, you know, you had the chance to vote against FISA, the expansion of FISA for six years, the, the bill that was used to do the thing you're now, fi- you're now pretending to be so troubled by. And uh, you, your uh, Republican caucus, and uh, in fact, the president of the United States all expanded it for six years just weeks ago. Why? And then, of course, Devin Nunes. Uh, and yes, we're going to get to your calls. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. Uh, Devin Nunes himself, he didn't bother to show up on any of the Sunday shows for some reason. But on, uh, on Friday, on a special uh, Fox News special report with Britt Baer, Devin Nunes admitted that he hadn't actually even read the underlying FISA documents, the actual secret FISA warrant. He hadn't even read it in full that his own memo tries to disparage as somehow representing a partisan witch hunt. Apparently a partisan witch hunt by Republicans like James Comey and Rod Rosenstein to take down a Republican president. Strange witch hunt that. Here's uh, Devin Nunes on, uh, on Fox News on Friday. Did you read the actual FISA applications? No, I didn't. Uh, And this has been uh, one of these uh, bogus news stories that have been put out. Uh, So the agreement we made with the Department of Justice was to create a reading room uh, and allow one member and two investigators to go over and review the documents. Uh, I thought the best person on our committee would be the chairman of the Oversight Committee, Trey Gowdy, who has a long career as a federal prosecutor, uh, to go and do this. Uh, And then they, over a series of meetings, would come back with their notes and brief the rest of the committee members. Huh. Cool. So Devin Nunes never actually read the documents, but he did send Trey Gowdy over. Congressman Trey Gowdy. That would be Trey Gowdy, uh, the man who led the years long Benghazi witch hunt. Remember that? An actual witch hunt. So but Trey Gowdy went over. He read those uh, underlying documents uh, as as requested by Devin Nunes. Trey Gowdy's a prosecutor. Uh, so what did Drake, uh, Trey Gowdy have to say about all of this? Well, first he retweeted uh, last Friday when the memo was first released. He said, uh, quote, as I have said repeatedly, I also remain 100 percent confident in special counsel Robert Mueller. The contents of this memo do not in any way discredit his investigation. Well, somebody ought to tell Devin Nunes. Somebody ought to tell Donald Trump, the president of the United States. Then Trey Benghazi Gowdy went on Fox News and said virtually the same thing over the weekend. Do you still trust special counsel Robert Mueller to conduct a fair and unbiased investigation? 100 percent, particularly if he's given the time, the resources and the independence to do his job. Uh, Chris, he didn't apply for the job. Uh, He's where he is because we have an, uh, an attorney general who had to recuse himself. So that was a Trey Gowdy on Fox News uh, Sunday. 
And then Trey Gowdy uh, went on, what was this, on uh, fa- uh, uh, CBS uh, Face the Nation, I believe this uh, was, um, and it basically uh, repeated similar comments, saying, I actually don't think that it has any impact on the Russia probe. He, remember, helped Devin Nunes actually draft this memo. So here's what uh, Trey Gowdy had to say on CBS's Face the Nation. I, I am on record as saying I support Bob Mueller 100%. I think you would have a Russia invest. Look, Russia tried to interfere with our election in 2016 with or without a dossier. So you need an investigation into Russia. You need an investigation into Trump Tower and the Cambridge Analytica email separate and apart from the dossier. So those are not connected issues to me. They may be for other Republicans, but they're not for me. Remember, that was Trey Benghazi Gowdy saying that the memo has nothing to do with the Robert Mueller special inv- investigation. Uh, give us a call. I know that all of our calls, uh, the phone lines just got wiped out there. So call us back if you were trying to get through. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. If you have any thoughts on uh, on all of this, we would love to hear from you. I was about to go to Michael there, and then the entire thing went blank. So uh, if you can get back through, hopefully the phones are okay. 818 818- 985-5735 is our phone number. And particularly, remember, we try to put uh, MAGA people first. We try to put Trump people first. Anybody who disagrees with me in any way, we try to put you up first. 818-985-5735 uh, is our phone number. Uh, we'll see if, um, well, as I mentioned, I went to great lengths on, on Friday uh, to talk about really the biggest hypocrisy here being that Republicans who are now complaining about the secret uh, secret FISA process that was used to wiretap Carter Page, a, a man who was actually named in wiretaps by Russian intelligence agents as a potential recruit back in 2013. They had good reason to be concerned about this guy, Carter Page. Uh, and by the way, he was no longer working for the Trump campaign when they sought this uh, when they sought this warrant. He was uh, he had traveled to Moscow. He was he had said he announced he was going to travel again to Moscow uh, at the end of the year in 2016. They had good reason. No matter how you feel about this investigation, there there was a legitimate reason to be concerned about Carter Page. Uh, And yet now Republicans are furious about it, pretending this is a civil liberties issue. They have somehow violated Carter Page's rights. With this secret memo. Well, if they violated Carter Pager's rights, didn't they also violate everyone else's rights when FISA allows them to uh, wiretap any American? To firetap, uh, firetap, to wiretap any American to uh, their emails or their phone calls? Uh, uh, Where were they a few weeks ago when they could have reformed FISA instead of extending it for six years? Good question. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, figure out what's going on with the phones. If you'd like to uh, give us a ring, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, well, what goes up is the stock market. It appears to have come down today, although Donald Trump doesn't seem to be out bragging about the 1,200 point drop in the Dow, uh, nor does. Um, uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan appear to be bragging about the fact that he had to take down an embarrassing tweet in which he cited a woman. Where is it here? Uh, a, a woman, a, a teacher, a, secret, a secretary at a public high school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, who said she was pleasantly surprised that her pay went up a dollar fifty a week. Thanks to the GOP tax cuts. And she said that that will more than cover her Costco membership for the year. Yes, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan bragged about this, got so much hell from uh, other Twitterers that he just deleted the tweet. Also didn't mention that he got a $500,000 gift himself from David Koch right after passing that just for him, right after passing that uh, GOP tax cuts. Anyway, uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Maybe we got our phones fixed here. Let's find out. Jim in Los Angeles. Hey, Jim, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Uh, wonderful to talk to you. You're, you're one of the sharpest minds out there. I've been, a, I've been a, you know, I cut my teeth on Air America with mm. Tom Hartman, and I do speak with him every Friday. And, uh, I was at your event, KPFK mm-hmm. at the uh, Catalina on Sunday. Were you there? Uh, thank you. Yes, I was for a brief time there. Uh, there was a, a big event to support KPFK over the weekend at the Catalina Jazz Club. I had to leave early because I had Super Bowl obligations. But I thank you, yeah. uh, Jim, for uh, showing up uh, to the uh, to the big event over the weekend and to everyone else uh, who showed up to support independent broadcasting and uh, Pacifica KPFK. Anyway, Jim, what's on your mind? Well, well, you know, first, uh, just some accolades. You know, I call Tom Hartman the smartest man in all media. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I consider Blaze Pompeian the wisest and bravest man. And I got to meet him and shake his hand. Mm-hmm. And it was truly an honor. That you is know, great. I am delighted to hear that, Jim. But I got only a few minutes left. So did you have any thoughts on, uh, on this uh, Nunez memo in the short few minutes we oh, have. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 the main thing, my friend, is we just have to win back the House. We have to win back the House and the Senate and impeach Trump, and he will resign. And and his son and son-in-law and daughter are all guilty, and he'll pardon them, and he'll resign. But we have to win back the House. Uh, the one thing I want to throw out there that I never get a chance to with Tom is that all... All of the millennials, you know, 86% of millennials did not vote the last off-year election. 86%. And 
the thing is, in California, if you're registered independent, you aren't independent. You are registered with this Republican Party that was started by lawyers that called themselves the Independent Party. Well, yeah, if, no, if, if you're a decline to state, then in fact you are independent. But if you sign up for that Independence Party or whatever they call it, yeah, it's a far right-wing party that a lot of people found themselves, uh, they thought they were signing up to be independents in California. They found themselves registered to this party, which then meant they could not vote in the uh, Democratic primary. So, yeah, that is a problem. Correct. Jim, uh, you're right. we got to get back to the House. I'm not willing to beat up on millennials or anybody else I will beat up on politicians for not giving millennials and everyone else a reason to turn out to vote I don't want to blame the voters I'm going to blame the candidates here Jim okay well let's flip to 14 All right. we got 14 Republican congressmen alright in California uh, alright yes. thank you brother I appreciate that call let me go to uh, John hey John welcome to the broadcast sir Hi, hi, Brad. I, I just have to say um, about about this whole thing and your whole rant about it is that uh, Benghazi was real. All you have to do is go to WikiLeaks to see it. We didn't have uh, sanctions see what? against Russia. Just see what? See what, John? See what? We did not have sanctions against Russia until 2015. And uh, we made fun of Sarah Palin when we said that Russia was an enemy. All John, of a sudden, John, John, we're the enemy when we're John, trying to go into Syria and we try to go to oh, New York, John, Ukraine. John, John, issue. John. Yes, yes. You said Benghazi was a, not a witch hunt, and I had to go to Wiki, uh, WikiLeaks or Wikipedia to find out. WikiLeaks. I'm asking. Okay, I'm asking you. It was not a. Stick to one topic for a second. Why was Benghazi? Why was I, I? I'm asking you. Why was Benghazi not a witch hunt? What was the crime in Benghazi? Uh, because the guy was about to release information, and it was a murder. It and was, Hillary knew about it, and she and she she basically let everybody know where he was going to be. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, John. Also, uh, you're pretty sure that uh, Donald Trump is being completely set up here and that Robert Mueller is a secret Democrat and the special probe should be canceled? This whole Russian thing is a non-issue. Should Donald Trump be investigated to prove that it is a non-issue? He, he should be investigated for other things. I'm not even a supporter. I, I, I'm not asking you that. And, and defend him, and then okay. it's so crazy okay. that I'm defending Donald Trump. Because okay. you, you look at that thing, there's so many things that are wrong with it. Right. I mean, it, it's, he's right about the fake news, and we should not listen to the CIA. They should be in jail. All right. Come on, don't, don't use it as references. Okay. Thank you, John. I appreciate that call. Let's go to uh, Nancy in Los Angeles. Hey, Nancy, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. I'd like to put uh, this in your head. Uh, 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 an enlarged view of, of a lot of what's been going on the past year. And the words are 21st century fascism, uh, distractions, the Koch Empire, and uh, an undeclared class war by the Koch Empire and Republicans. Um, so I, I really mm-hmm. uh, don't... I think that... that Trump is uh, really a distraction from what is going on. I'm very afraid for our democracy, but, uh, uh, you know, what you were saying about uh, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. you know, disregard for the rule of law, which is the fundamental thing that we must uh, adhere to and and have uh, people 
uh, respond to. I agree, but I would say, uh, Nancy, it's he's not a distraction. I mean, the way he's often covered is a distraction, but he's not a distraction from that 21st century uh, fascism. Oh, he's no. the leader at no, this point. But Trump <laughs> is a distraction. Trump himself, maybe. But right now, he's carrying out that 21st century of fascism. So yeah, to so ignore him, yeah. I, uh, oh, no, we, we can't ignore him. But right. we also have to acknowledge what he's doing, what things are distractions, and what really, really count. Yep. Um, and, and to actually verbalize the, uh, and look at what's happening uh, through the lens of, is this the beginning of fascism in our country that is, you know, becomes part of the government. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, it is not only the beginning, uh, I'd say it might be the middle of it at this point. I hear you. Uh, very quickly, I got a 30 seconds here from Michael from West Hills. Hey, Michael, uh, sorry to cut you short here, but uh, very quickly, what's on your mind? That's okay, Brad. I just wanted to compliment you. The point you made about the, where were the Republicans a few weeks ago when there was a vote on the FISA court system. Yep. Um, you know, why are they crybabies right now? And it seems to me that the memo, you know, publishing and releasing the memo, uh, which is not the result of any official investigation or any any serious work really at all, it's just basically an op-ed piece Mm -hmm. from the the Republican Party. And they've done this strategy before, unfortunately, and it worked. Remember when Cheney leaked all that stuff to Judith Miller and it ended up on the front page of the New York Times? Yep. And then Cheney used that, that as an excuse to go on the Sunday shows. And they're talking, and he's talking, he's referencing that, well, the New York Times mm-hmm. this. Yeah, you're right. No, it's, it's, it, you're right. Now that you mention it, it is a very familiar playbook. Thanks, Michael. I do appreciate the call. I got to get out. I'd love to talk to you about it more. We will uh, continue this conversation. I think Digby joins us tomorrow if the radio gods are with us here on the broadcast. Uh, until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Find me on the uh, Twitters and the Facebooks at TheBradBlog or drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Sorry.